you're fired. 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 Donald Trump. No, you can't do that to John Cena. (laughs) It's to the point. I didn't even think he was saying fire at the end there. Not my John Cena. That's a step too far. Welcome to an emergency edition of the Bluminati podcast. I'm your host, Will Feinbond. Join alongside me as always, Robert Stieg, Seth Barnador. And our beautiful podcast producer, Anthony Vito, is joining us tonight. Uh, some late breaking news here, I guess, uh, over the last, what, three hours or so? USF Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly, has fired football coach Jeff Scott and defensive coordinator Bob Shoup. Uh, the final nail in the coffin was the 54-28 to 28 drubbing yesterday at Temple. Seth, we talked about in the pregame show. I wrote the story uh, before the game started. Listen, you can't get shellacked like this at Temple and think you're going to keep your job. I think that seven-minute postgame press conference uh, from Jeff Scott yesterday, I think he knew. Yeah, it would certainly seem, and we, and we talked about it in uh, Twitter spaces yesterday, like... First of all, you didn't think that a uh, you didn't think that a blowout was in the cards, and if it was, uh, and if it was were to happen, you know, a loss yesterday was kind of. I thought you know the whispers behind the scenes from the fan base gets loud, uh, and then it was more than a loss; it was a blowout. So I think that that really kind of accelerated things. I would imagine because um, it was, I mean, it was about as bad as you could get. So. Yeah, it was. There wasn't. There was really. You really had no other recourse at that point. I think if you didn't want to have a very interesting crowd this weekend. Yeah. How do you, as Michael Kelly, how do you face the fans? Uh, your, I mean, it's what one home game in the last like two months or something like that, just due to circumstances. How how do you face the fans in that parking lot? Because he goes out and you know, shakes hand, kisses babies. How do you how do you you know handle that when you have a a coach who just allowed Temple, who had literally the one of the worst offenses in the country, put up half a hundred on you, and they did it pretty easily. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, like in this, you know, there's there's few different things, right? Like in terms of optics, and I think well, I'm sure we'll touch on it, or and we've actually touched on <laughs> we'll touched on it indirectly in the past a little bit. Is you know, all right, you're going to open a brand new facility. Is this how, what you want to be on the photo op? A guy that you right. might be firing in a couple of weeks, right? Um, there's that, and then there's the we talked about it yesterday. The, the apathy that might start creeping in in the fan base. Hard raises money when people don't care. So you know, anger, especially once you do something about it, take out the root of their anger. You can drive that towards uh, donations and things like that. Uh, apathy you can't really drive that towards anything and you just might lose those people so um i think on a on a personal human level it's an unfortunate thing uh but on a purely uh results based coaching level it seemed inevitable after saturday so yep 
what must be done eventually must be done immediately. And that was the the recourse. You know, I had multiple people texting me uh, throughout the day today, kind of figuring out, man, when is when is this going to happen? When's this going to happen? Um, Michael Kelly fired Charlie Strong two days after his final game. So it was the Black Friday 2019 game. He got fired that Sunday. Um, so pretty, I mean, a pretty, pretty quick turnaround. I think you, you pretty smart by USF to wait until halftime of the Bucks game or just about halftime of the Bucks game to, uh, you know, slyly uh, leak this out and, and, you know, report it. It's, uh, it's going to be an uphill climb for Michael Kelly. It's his the second football coach he's fired. Uh, it's going to be a second hire. Typically, you don't get a third hire if you if you screw it up again. Um, and that's that's going to be the the onus and, and the crux. And I think he's going to take really take his time. You, you buy yourself what three or four weeks prior to you know everybody else kind of pulling the trigger on some of those those uh, coaching firings uh, at the end of the year, but you're still competing with Nebraska and, and Georgia tech and all the other places that have um, openings. And we, even the openings we don't even know about with coaching movement, it's always a silly season in December. Uh, and it could lead in, lead into January. Uh, Steak gut, gut reaction, gut thoughts uh, to the news uh, from yesterday. Like, the, the game yesterday leading into the final decision to uh, ax Jeff Scott. Yeah. It, um, it, it, in the plainest terms, it sucks. Like, I, I don't think anyone can kind of ignore uh, what, you know, at the end of the day, whatever your feelings towards football coaches and the amount of money they make and everything like that, it sucks because when you come down to it, you know, when we first hired Jeff Scott, you know, that's, it's a home run hire on paper. And then we got to know Jeff Scott more and more, not just as the football coach, but as the person. And like, he's a really good dude. And, and like, the thing is, like, yeah, we can say, you know, being a good dude doesn't pay the bills, doesn't get you wins and everything like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's a competitive football coach and he came here with the goal of getting USF, you know, rebuilding the foundation, rebuilding the culture and winning football games and also getting this university in alignment and, and being that that cornerstone piece. And I mean, God, I, we could pull up a, a checkbox of everything that we wanted in a head coach for this new head coach. And it, it's basically the exact same thing. You add another box at the bottom of pencil that says was a winning head coach at some point, but really like, you know, that's the big difference between what we had with Jeff Scott and what we need is we need a guy that can win football games. So it, it's, it's a gut punch really. I mean, you know, truthfully, it's not as much of a gut punch as like the the Big Twelve news, you know, last year or, or anything like that. You know, it's um, it, it just kind of sucks because at the end of the day, you can talk about the money, you can talk about anything like that. He failed, and failing sucks one way or another. You you can only you can cry into the dollar bills all you want, but you know he'll he'll end up being fine. He'll end up going to like Clemson or something like that because they need an offensive coordinator, clearly. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to be fine and we're all going to be fine and dandy. But, you know, three years down the drain, we had all of this positive momentum going into the season. It died at, you know, 1452 uh, <laughs> in the first quarter at the BYU game. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the, the thing. It sucks. It sucks. It, there's no two ways to put it. It sucks. For people wondering what's on Nate's head. Oh, yeah, uh, Nate, please. <laughs> we had a... Oh. Uh, 
we had a plan before the hurricane to instead of doing a film room, doing a uh, a Paul Feinbaum esque uh, Colin show with Bull Feinbond here. Um, and so that's a Paul Feinbaum esque hair cut with the uh, the classic horseshoe pattern, as George yep. Costanza would say. Uh, and this was something we planned to do, I think, after the Louisville week. I think it was uh, because we were kind of at the point of okay, it's not going too well here. So then a hurricane hit, and that changed <laughs> yeah, things. We had to scrap it, but hey, he still got to pull it out of here. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? I forgot to return it, so I think it's outside of the Amazon return window. So and now it's just uh, mine in perpetuity. Uh, so figured I'd, I'd break it out this evening. Um, Jeff Scott finishes his uh, USF coaching tenure four and twenty six. One in twenty six against FBS opponents, uh, blown out numerous times. Uh, I I would venture to say uh, more than twelve times, less than twenty five, but definitely somewhere in there. Uh, <laughs> it never got better. He whiffed on two defensive coordinator hires, and I'll say it: uh, Charlie Weiss Jr. was kind of sucked eggs um, as the Offensive coordinator for the Bulls his first couple of seasons. Uh, Travis Trickett, home run hire. Seems that the offense looks competent. Uh, turnover problems uh, yesterday notwithstanding. A uh, couple of turnovers from Trey Marsh. Uh, Seth's unfortunate Kelly Joyner just getting the ball <laughs> taken from we him. Should, we should have known. <clears throat> you know? uh, but, yeah. Where do you come back? Where do you come back from this? Um, Daniel DePrado will be the interim head coach uh, for the last three weeks of the season. Uh, if you guys re- will recall, DePrado and Ernie Sims were the co-defensive coordinators for the Central Florida game last year, where we saw them probably have their best defensive output uh, of the last that two season. Seasons. Ernie, <laughs> right? Uh, Ernie Sims will take over. At, he was the co-defensive coordinator because uh, they gave him an expanded title and role. Uh, without the play calling duties after uh, some teams, uh, namely Florida State, started sniffing around him to keep him here. Um, he's now going to be calling the plays for the last three weeks of the season. Uh, where, I mean, where do you where do you go from here? It's it's a tough it's a tough way um, to go about it. They have a SMU team this week who put up 77, 56 in the first half, right? Yeah, it. It was 5635, I think, at halftime of the SMU Houston game. And uh, oh, dear Lord, good luck. 10 touchdown, Tanner Mordecai. How are you going to stop that? You're not going to. <laughs> hey, hey, we got to get a got to get a dead cat bounce here. Who I mean, there's another hurricane coming. So who knows what the fuck it's going to happen to uh, that game at this point. So maybe, maybe Tanner Mordecai isn't really good with a wet ball. Who knows? Hmm. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Um, so as we kind of I, I don't want to put a bow on it, but uh we've we've got we've got the hot board, we've got itchy trigger finger. Seth, do you let you you want to just jump right into it and see? Uh, there's been some names bandied about. Uh the athletic threw some names out there, uh Tampa Bay Times threw whatever the hell that was out there. Um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was. Uh, you've heard these names before. I'm legitimately shocked. Rich Basaccia's name wasn't on that Tampa Bay Times list. 
Well, that's coming. It might as well have been. It and might that, as well have just been an, an invisible ink. Out of all the times his name has been bandied out there, this is like the most equipped since he had a co or since he was interim head coach and had some success. Like that before it was just like I mean, uh, he, yeah, okay. he took he took a team to the playoffs last year. Yeah, that's most equipped than before. It was just like he was special teams coach of the Bucks that one time. All right, so I have a hot board. I will I will go. I know nothing. I know nobody. This is not any type of inkling of what could happen. This is Seth's these are just, these are just these are just names I like. This is just in my in my mind. These are names that sprung to mind, uh, and what I think they should do. All right, this is my hot board here, as you can see. God, this is the prettiest fucking background. I'm going to say it again. These Ugh, are the must-haves to me. Uh, ability to identify, develop, and recruit at a lower level. I don't think. I think the biggest um, whiff in terms of uh, hiring Jeff Scott was that, you know, I thought his best trait was recruiting. And I don't think that if that's your best trait, I don't think that wins here. Maybe outside of one guy who I will list shortly, who has shown the ability to recruit at a very high level at a lower level. Uh, But for the most part, I think you have to, you have to be able to identify guys, develop them, and show the ability to recruit and win at a lower level because you're not going to be able to go out and get four and five stars at USF. Not right now. I think you have to be able to build uh, with a solid base, right? Uh, number two, for me, I think you have to be unique schematically. Um, you can't just line up. That was, that was kind of my biggest worry when Scott was hired. The Clemson offense, it was sound, but it wasn't spectacular. And you kind of wondered, was it? And you're starting to see this bear out a little bit. Was it a good offense because they had better players than everyone they played? Like, is it helpful to have two top five picks at quarterback? Back Sorry, to back? I want to cut you off here, Seth. As of 40 minutes ago, uh, USF just offered some kid from JUCO. Um, I don't know who is doing this. It's like a ghost. It's like a ghost writing whip right now. <laughs> I mean, recruiting, <laughs> recruiting, recruiting goes never stops. Maybe. ABC, baby. ABC, always be crude, especially when you just fired your head coach. <laughs> yeah, recruiting never stops. So, uh, and then prior head coach experience preferred. I don't think it's a must have because I don't think you're in a position to uh, kind of have must haves, really. You kind of got to go for the guy that fits these the best. But I think being unique schematically um, obviously helps you when teams have to prep for you. It helps you give an identity to recruit to. Um, I do not think uh, triple option <laughs> is is the way USF would like to go. Uh, that is unique schematically, but I don't think that's the way to go. So the first level here is I'm calling it pray and pay. You kind of have to pray that a power five school doesn't offer these guys, and then you're going to have to pay them all a decent bit of money, I think, to get them away from where they are now. Um, so let's go. <laughs> Jamie Chadwell. I'm not sure if I spelled his name right. Jamie Chadwell. Is it EY? EY. I just went for it on my phone real fast. So, so Chadwell, uh, Dion, and Sean Lewis is the head coach of Kent State. Um, I think probably all three of these guys, man, they're getting P5 jobs. That's why I say these are unlikely. But these are kind of, to me, this is a list of make them say no, right? Is Chadwell, how well paid is he at Coastal Carolina? I think you could probably offer him more money at USF. He's shown the ability to win and recruit 
at a lower level. He's recruited guys in Florida. I think their leading receiver the past few years, who's now on the Bengals practice squad, I believe, is from Venice. Their backup quarterback is from Venice. So they've, they've recruited Florida there. Dion, that one kind of goes without too much explanation. You're going to hear that from everybody. Um, he's the guy you know, I mentioned that has recruited at a high level, at a lower level. His name kind of carries a lot of weight. He'll be able to recruit at a very high level wherever he goes. Yep. And they do some, and they're actually pretty good schematically at Jackson State. It's not just that he recruits better players, which is helpful. But like his first year there, they weren't real great on offense. He fired his coordinator, hired somebody else, and they're a lot better now. Um, they're like top 10, I think, in offense and defense in FCS. So he's got some results on the field. Sean Lewis is a guy I like at Kent State. Their offense is basically um, the Baylor offense, the one Tennessee's running, same kind of thing. Um, they've been really good at it for a few years now. He's a Midwest guy, so not a lot of Florida ties, but his staff is really good. I think they do really well, but he's also a guy that might be in the running for some of these bigger P5 jobs. Uh, he played at Wisconsin, I believe, so maybe he gets a look there. I don't know, but I think he's a really good name. And at Kent State, I'd imagine you could pay him better at USF than Kent State can pay him. So, Guys with yep. lower level success. Can I add something real quick with that yes. last, last tier? I know it seems kind of crazy because those guys have been bandied for P5 jobs for a very long time. Dion will be a name that gets thrown out there, but Sean Lewis especially. I think this is a very good concept. Like Seth says, you got to get them to tell you no. You can't just say, oh, yeah. unattainable and move on. So it's like this isn't us saying USF is going to be a step up as much as you got to shoot for the stars and see what ha- see what lands. So and we'll pay you more. I think like you have to go in and say we'll pay you more than your. Well, you know how much is I, I could have looked this up, but it was kind of it was family movie night. We were watching Elf, so I didn't have too much time. But um, yeah, it's already Christmas in my house. So great movie. So we're we're <laughs> we're on to Elf already. Um, so I, but I would imagine USF could pay more if they wanted to put the money into it for all these guys. They could pay more. Um, but it's kind of will P5s leave them alone for another cycle because Chadwell's been a guy that people have talked about forever moving up and for whatever reason he never seems to get the offer Um, so maybe he's just like you know screw it I'll go to USF if I'll win there and then I could move up or maybe he, he likes the chance to make the playoff out of the AAC every year when it expands so same thing for Sean Lewis and then Dion. obviously if he doesn't get a P5 offer this time around what else does he have to do? What else does he have to prove, right? So um, you, you kind of go to that first group, I think, and make him say no. They all might say no. Probably all will say no. But to me, I'd like to go talk with those guys and make them tell me they're not interested. Uh, lower level success, Willie Simmons in the state of Florida. He's a name that a lot of people are bringing up. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know schematically how unique he is, but I know he does a pretty good job identifying town in the state of Florida. And they're out there offering 2025 kids already. They're pretty talented uh, before other people. So I think they do a good job. He's in the state already. He's had success at FAMU. I think he, he's, he seems to be a name that's kind of got some steam behind right. it um, and, in terms of maybe not USF, but maybe moving on somewhere else. Seth, were, did you see Willie talk at that clinic or had you left by then? I don't, I missed, I don't, I think I missed him because I left after Mario, I believe. Yeah, so I I stuck around and was uh, kind of hearing him talk to some of these coaches. And uh, what I really enjoyed and liked from Willie is he's like these these kids are OJH kids. They can't 
Like they're not going to be able to remember everything that you're, you're trying to do. So every season um, he kind of gets with his coaches and all right, I want to put this play in. All right. So which play are you going to take out? Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of a, a one for one. All right. If you want to put this counter action in uh, for, for a run game, what, what player are you going to remove uh, going forward? So I, I kind of like that. It, it kind of broke it down, uh, you know, probably a little bit better than I just did, but it, it made a lot of sense. I like what he's been able to do there. And when you talk about maybe the institution, not really supporting or propping up the the program or being effectively uh, being effective for him. I, I think the crap that he's kind of gone through at FAMU, um, especially early, earlier this year where, just a bunch of kids just weren't eligible because <laughs> yeah. uh, of paperwork issues. It, some, it seemed like uh, I think he'd be an interesting uh, choice. Downside, he is a Clemson guy. I mean, he's probably the most un-Clemson Clemson guy that's that's been bandied about. Um, he was but, teammates with Jeff Scott. Yeah. So, but so if you're looking for like a lot of people will be, oh, well, you're going to go for the total opposite after your fire guy. I don't know if that's a total opposite, uh, but he's a guy that's in state already. And like Nate said, a lot of people uh, seem to think very highly of him. So I'm sure he'll be getting interviews somewhere. And fun parallel. He was the quarterback coach for BJ Daniels in high school. There you go. There's a connection. All right. These next two are kind of interesting. Eric Morris is right now. This is not going to be crazy, impressive sounding. He is the offensive coordinator at Washington State, but I believe he's an air raid guy or uh, uh, some form of he's an air raid guy or uh, Baylor kind of offense guy. But he's at Washington State. He was at Incarnate Word, the head coach at Incarnate Word. Uh, he took them up to a lot of grades and sex, really big offensive guy. Uh, GJ Kenny's mm-hmm. the same thing. He took over at Incarnate Word. If you go look at their stats, their quarterback is having an unbelievable year. Uh, and their quarterback last year transferred or went with Eric Morris to Washington State. Kim Ward, you heard a lot about him. So these are kind of, if you're looking for more of a like a really defined scheme guy, I believe both these guys are kind of air raid-ish. Jason, I think J.G. Kinney's kind of a mix of air raid and some other stuff as well. Yep. Um, I think he might have been a Tulsa guy with Malzahn, maybe. I think he might have been like a Tulsa quarterback with Malzahn. He was because you know what you know where he was at last year, Seth. Was he at UCF? He was at UCF, so he's yeah. familiar with uh with all crew in the state of Florida here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and he's he's an incarnate word now, and they're still really, really good on offense. So uh head head coaching success ties the state of Florida. Really good on offense. Same uh for Kerwin Bell. I think, I think he may become our our Rich Passaccia if we're being honest. He is, yeah, he's my Rich Passaccia. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna bring him up every time. I'm I'm big dog. He's Rich Passaccia. <laughs> It'll go on forever. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking for low level success, national championships, we all kind of know that stuff. I like Kerwin. I think the stink of 2019 uh, is going to be tough for some people to get over, but they won four games in 2019. Uh, with uh, a quarterback that I don't think will probably be playing Division One football anymore. So maybe not as bad as we thought at the time. No. And quick note on Eric Morris. He was the OC at Texas Tech uh, from uh, 2015 yes. to 
2017. Uh, he had Mahomes. He had uh, whoever the quarterback was in the bowl game in 2017. Um, and they had a pretty, they had a pretty good offense. They just could never really get over the hump with uh, Cliff. Um, but he he was really good at Incarnate Word, kind of turning around that program as you mentioned. Um, so we'll, we'll that's a that's a good one to kind of keep an eye on as well. To like me, to I think all four of these guys and be like, this is this is the group that I really like here. Like, this is what I would be warm and fuzzy about. And Nick's Nick's got a good point on Simmons. He had success at Prairie View A and M wasn't great, uh, which is yeah, that's a tough spot. Didn't they have like the longest losing streak in NCAA history at one point? Wasn't it Prairie View A and M? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so this he's had success at multiple levels here. I think he's a guy that'll be. Um, ready for a bigger job. I'm just not sure if it's this one yet, but I think he may get um, a, sh- a shot there. Uh, all right, so those are kind of lower-level success guys. I These are all interesting to me. They all have head coaching experience. Um, I think they're all... I think Simmons is an offensive guy as well. I'm not positive, but all offensive guys. That's how I kind of lean personally, but uh, coordinators and position coaches is kind of as far as I got. Um, Bryles was a name I saw pushed around. I thought that was kind of interesting. I hadn't really thought about him. Um, other these other guys are kind of names that I thought of. Or uh, Lebby, we know he's at UCF, then Ole Miss. Now he's at Oklahoma. Obviously, uh, Bryles and him similar. Baylor, Alex Golesh is, I believe, that's the name is the coordinator at Tennessee right now. Yep. So those are all Bryles style, style Baylor. Uh, Tennessee style guys right there. So in, uh, unique schematically. Jeff Grimes is might be destined for bigger jobs, uh, but he was the OC at BYU, is now the OC at Baylor. Also, um, really good job. He always, His offensive lines are always really good, always able to run the ball. He spent time coaching in the SEC, so he knows the South pretty well. He'd be an interesting name, but again, these guys might all be destined for bigger jobs. Brian Johnson is an interesting one to me. He was the quarterback coach at Florida for Dan Mullen. Uh, in 2020, he was also the play caller when they had Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony and Kyle Trask. He was the actual play caller. Um, and he left and has been the quarterback's coach for the Philadelphia Eagles the last two years. Interesting. He's kind of turned Jalen Hurts into an actual uh, NFL quarterback. It's... Uh, that's been a pretty nice turnaround for for Hertz and the Eagles. And I don't know if there's any other coaches that were on the cover of one of the NCAA video games. He was on the cover of the NCAA game 2009, so maybe NCAA 2010, but uh, they beat after they beat Alabama. He was the quarterback at Utah when they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Okay. And he was on the cover of the NCAA video game. He's an interesting guy. Um, I think he's really uh, he's a young guy, um, re- yeah, re- really a young guy, really smart guy. I've heard him speak a few times, uh, really, really sharp, and he has the results kind of back him up. Word is he may be in line for NFL head coaching job. So this would be one where you try to get out in front of it. Maybe you get him. Hey, we'll give you your first head coaching job. He's been, he's worked in Florida. I think he recruited down in Miami for Florida. So he'd probably be a pretty good recruiter if they put him down there. So. He's an interesting name. Uh, John Rudzinski is the defensive coordinator. Right? I think I've seen some people say they want a defensive guy. 
He's a defensive coordinator at Virginia. If you look at Virginia's defense last year, they were god-awful. And look at him this year, <laughs> they are very good. So a guy, he was the coordinator previously at Air Force. So mm-hmm. he's had success at a lower level with lower level of talent. He moved on to Virginia, took a defense that was really bad, turned them really good quickly. Uh, I think that's probably needed uh, here. So he would be interesting in terms of that. Uh, no head. I don't think any of these guys here have head coaching experience unless it's extremely limited. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony White is the defensive coordinator at Syracuse. Kind of a similar thing. I believe he came from San Diego State. Had really good defenses there. Has had really good defenses at Syracuse. And it's not just because he recruits better players than everybody. So uh, that's interesting. Then Alex Atkins is a name. He's the O-line coach and coordinator now at Florida State. He's a play caller. Their offense has been really good this year. He's He's, considered Florida State's best recruiter as well. He's really trying to turn Jordan Travis around quite a bit. Yes. So he's done a a really good job. He's like considered a rising star. But Charlotte, he may Charlotte may be after him as well. He was a position coach. I believe he's the offensive coordinator and O line coach at Charlotte previously to leaving for Florida State. So um, he might be a hot commodity at this level. Mm-hmm. But there's a guy in state, young guy, has some coordinator experience, offensive line. I you know I think with any of these guys, it's going to be really big to who do they hire on the opposite side of the ball will be. Important for them, but maybe some of these guys are gettable for USF. But that's where my list ends. So I mean, it's a, it's a good list. Um, seeing a couple of people, Tom Herman, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you like. Why want? Why? I I, I don't know if a retread is. Uh, do you want a guy that's been fired a bunch? You know. If Her- Herman was ban- was talked about, someone mentioned Scott Frost. That's been thrown around a lot, but I, whew, man, I, you trying to catch fire in a bottle from five years ago, or I, I think that's a tough sell. It, it's a really hard sell to hire a guy that just got fired um, in any capacity. Because I mean, it, it, you kind of can look around, and you know, not too long ago we hired a guy who got fired from a big program, and you know now. You know, this is where we're at six years later. So, you know, I, I think that there's like a, a a long list of qualities of what you know we're all looking for, and we're not all going to agree. And and, and thankfully, uh, we don't have to agree because it's not our decision. It's a wonderful thing here. We're just we get to throw out names, see what sticks yeah, to the board. It's fun, fantastic. <laughs> um, um, I, what, I, I oh sorry, one oh, more thing, Nate. I did want to mention something. There is a uh, you know the the big you know, caveat at least that I know of that I don't know how much I'm out of the share of this is, you know, is Michael Kelly going to get the final say on who this new head coach is going to be? And the reason why I bring that up is because we now have university-wide alignment with athletics, which we have been clamoring for, for what, 10 years to get a, a president who gives a shit and a board of trustees that gives a shit and they finally do when they're building all of the, the the amenities that you could ever ask for uh, out of a program and and for a head coach or a potential new head coach that's a that's you know that's dollar signs to to kind of be that that staple and forerun guy but you know Michael Kelly's not necessarily in the hot seat 
but you kind of whiffed on on Jeff Scott. You know, you're not as you're at this point kind of a laughing stock. So, at what point is is the board of trustees or or anyone above Michael Kelly's position going to be the one that's going to make a call and say, you know, hey, I understand you want X, but we're looking at Y here. Um, you know, it, it's something to look at and, and pay attention. You know, as this goes on, is that this isn't just going to be a Michael Kelly decision. This is going to be a, a you know, trustees, Raya Law, like we're going to have to get the blessing from the top down to the bottom. And this person's got to be it. And they have the money to do it. They have the they have the wherewithal and they're willing to spend the dollars on it. It's just, man, you have like you had to get it with Jeff Scott. You did it. Now it's compounded X higher. You have to you have to get it here. You have to get the guy. I mean, I think you got to, right? You got to be willing to pay. That's going to be, if you want, especially if you're, if you're, if one of your things, one of your non negotiables is a guy with head coaching experience, you've got to pay. Like, you've, you've got to pay for this. Um, it's worth it. I think, um, it's worth to, it's worth to overpay to get a good, a good guy that can take you into the, get you some positive momentum going for the on-campus stadium. It's worth an overpay. I think at this point, you right? can it's, make that money back. You, you, I promise you, if you are listening, uh, USF board of trustees, you will yeah. make that money back. If it's the guy, like people are going to be clamoring to throw money at this program. Like if you went out and got point. Jamie, if you went out and got Jamie Chadwell somehow, which again, I don't think is likely, but if you somehow just threw a bunch of money, you got Jamie Chadwell and he starts doing the same stuff here that he did at coastal. You're moving into this stadium with a really exciting brand of football. And now, like, you're not having to worry about season ticket allotment and, you know, selling season tickets. I, I like that kind of thing. You, you'd go, you'd move into that stadium with every, I think your season ticket allotment sold out, right? Like, they, there'd be excitement back in positivity. And with how, what the conference is doing, you'd probably be in a really commanding position in the conference as well. I mean, when's the, when's the first, the first expanded playoff will be before you move into the stadium. Imagine if you make the playoffs a year or two in a row, if you, if, if, let's say you nail this higher. So I, I think you got to overpay if you want to get some don't, or don't be afraid to overpay, get a guy that's done it, uh, get somebody that can get the fan base excited, can recruit to this level. They'll have time. I, I think just, I think if anything, the Jeff Scott era shows that you'll have time, right? Like, I think some people are looking at it like he got fired before he finished three full seasons, but like, look at the record. This, it was almost yeah. like he only got, if they would have won at Temple, he's not fired. I, I really don't think, right? No, like, absolutely. It, it was just optically, you kind of had to do it. So, right. You'll, you'll get time here, I think, but they got to go out and they got to go out and, get somebody and, and be willing to pay for it. They can't, I don't, you can't go cheap, right? No, absolutely not. No, I, I see that. What's the timeline for the hire? Players are going to be looking to transfer or stay depending on the hire. That's right. It's uh, I would expect the first, what, 15 days of December, I would assume that there, it'd be locked up because um, of what the transfer portal opens December 15th, right? Or something like December 15th, like through the 30th or something. Yes, but after the head coach gets fired, there's a 30 day window where players can enter. So, holy day. Th- so, like, I mean, now. Yeah, when we, when, uh, uh, yeah, a player, can, a player now. can go in now, but, um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to see when the window opens for everybody in terms of the 15th. I think if if I'm recalling correctly, I I it is so hard for me to pay attention to the transfer portal cycle at this point that I'm uh yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, I know I understand why they they did it to just make it a little bit more seamless. But now all the the rules and caveats, it's a little tough to uh, kind of keep my head straight on it. All right, so the first the first window lasting from December first through December fifteenth. Oh, okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I, w- I would assume they move pretty quickly, and because the final game of the season is what the twenty sixth, right? Twenty fifth, twenty sixth, Saturday, uh, not Black Friday this year. Yeah, so you got you got a four day buffer window before that when before the window opens that you could hire someone. Um, I think getting the head start now kind of helps you in that regard. Uh, but that could it could also be like a Manny Diaz situation where you know Temple hires Manny Diaz and then well the Miami job's available. I'll uh, I'll you know skip out on Temple and and head down to to Miami. So it's it, it's a it's a tough. Um, tough thing if you know a bigger school comes calling regardless of who who it possibly could be there's one person on this on this hot board set that was not mentioned it is the current offensive coordinator travis trickett uh his offense has been pretty good i mean it's kind of similar to um i guess kerwin bell's status that you know that final year uh by all accounts he was not the issue and his offense has still been able to put up some points with a backup quarterback with the various injuries to the offensive line. Uh, seemed like him and Gary kind of started to click. The offense started to click before his injury. Does he have a shot at this at this job? I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't think, but I don't, I don't know. He's done very well. He's done exactly what he was brought in to do. So I think you'd have to be... You'd have to give him if he wants to interview for the job. I think you'd have to give him an interview. But you know, I think you probably want to just totally cut ties with the staff and move on. Kind of just awesome. don't don't let anything linger. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think he might be a guy that somebody would keep on possibly because uh, he's done a good job and he's also seen as one of your better recruiters. So um, maybe That's- he's a guy to keep on. But I, I don't. I wouldn't think that. That's not like. You want to talk about getting the fan base excited? Not not people that watch and look watch the film rooms and stuff. Just the general fan base. Hey guys, we hired the offensive coordinator off the team that hasn't you know that won one game last year. What do you guys think? Is everybody really excited about it? Oh yeah, all of them would be so excited, Seth. There, there's no one that's going to be upset <laughs> about that. Yeah, so I just I don't think optically. I think you need to just kind of move away. That's fair. And uh, uh, don't and, uh, forget last time. Not, yeah. Uh, I, the recruiting part's huge on that end, but don't forget last time around, uh, Michael Kelly didn't use a search firm. He did it, Michael Kelly and Associates. So mm-hmm. going back on what Steve was saying, that might be a change that happens is a search form, a search firm gets brought in. And I'm not entirely sure what any of the rules and regulations are with in-season hiring or in-season like searching, but maybe a search firm can do some of that stuff in the background. Right. And, I, would, I, I would be shocked if they weren't doing some stuff in the background already. I was I was about to leeway right into that. You know, we kind of mentioned, I think we maybe the four or five of us mentioned it at some point that it's like, I don't think they would make a move unless they know who they wanted next. Like it, it was like a kind of like I we're not gonna make this move unless we know what's gonna like we have a guy lined up already or a name lined up already. You know, it's not like this the Scott Frost Nebraska situation where 
they just needed to cut ties because you know things were bad but like you know they, they seem like yeah uh seth you need to add a fourth slide of uh coaches who are unemployed that, who we that could, coach uh, the coach um but yeah I, i'd imagine if if i had you to know, sit into the shoes of michael now. kelly they probably already have at least three names that they're really going to love and go after um so we'll we'll see and uh I to sorry, I'm gonna answer a question here. For Dimitri, they didn't necessarily give up on Timmy McLean. They they took a the when a quarterback that won the Big 12 who transfers out says, Hey, I want to join your team. You I mean you gotta kind of say yes to that and then you know say, Hey, younger guy, uh, we're gonna bring this guy on in. He can teach you for a couple of years because you're still raw and you still have a you know, a lot of things that you can work on. And then that guy kind of just decides, Hey, I'm going to leave and go to your rival program. I don't, I don't know who gave up on who in that situation. Where he may not even be playing quarterback. There's and also a uh, statistic yeah. possibility. Uh, also uh, let's, can we also make a hot board of uh, names that we just need to just throw into the absolute garbage can and never bring up? Cause there's yes. one name. Yeah. It's, Jim's, Jim hasn't coached in fucking like what two years now. Can I can I give a perspective as somebody who was not paying attention really a ton, please, when he was head coach? Yes. <clears throat> what championship did they win when he was the head coach? None. International. Yeah, the, well, they they the, are the final international bowl champions, so they're technically international champions. They won okay. the I. We were number two for a week. Champion. He won the uh fuck uh punching a player championship. No, so like I, I don't think he's a bad coach, but it's not like he wanted. I think he was the first coach, and he obviously brought the program up, but um, they didn't win anything, and he's not been a head coach since, has he? No. So like, if you know, if he was a really hot commodity, I'm sure he would have been hired after USF after what he did in, in lifting up the program, like. There's a and reason, he ha- and he wasn't. So why, why, why not? He's been hired. He's been, and he's done really well uh, as a coordinator. I think he's a good coach, but like, it's not happening. And uh, to me, I, as someone kind of more on the outside of that era, like, I understand the admiration for him and and kind of getting the program, but it's not like he won ten conference championships or something. So uh, I think what I think that the most um, most games they won under uh, Jim Levitt was nine. Um, shit, Charlie Strong won eleven, and he got fired. So or one ten, I can't remember which one, which way it was. I know there was a missed game in there, but I mean he won a bunch uh, early on. I mean we'd be limping into November with you know half the roster. Oh wait, no, it's already happened. So it doesn't. I mean it's basically the same thing. <laughs> Uh, and and like i i think there's probably i think that i think the thing probably that people look back and there's elements i think of his teams that people want back like the toughness right he had tough teams right tell you some tough teams he recruited the well the area well found those kind of hidden gem players and developed them i think those are the things you want in the next coach right you want somebody to bring in toughness you want somebody that can find and identify and develop players especially from this area but you can get those from somebody else that's been a head coach recently. 
that understands like the NIL landscape. Like the, right. the, the recruiting is totally different now. Um, so if you haven't been a head coach recently, it's going to be a little different for you coming back into it. So like, I, I get it. Like I, I get it from that aspect. Like there's a lot of um, things he did well and aspects of his team you want to bring back, but you can get it from somebody else. Also, recruiting is way different than 20 years ago. Those diamonds in the rough are much harder to find because yes. there's huddle and there's film and program and uh, guys are willing to leave the state to go to other programs. So yeah. that, that that's harder to the whole, you know, get two stars and turn them into five stars is harder to do. And it's honestly, it seems as a whole, uh, at least in the state of Florida, those those two star guys are probably a little bit lower tier than they were 15, 20 years ago. Um, it just, I think the top tier guys are still going to be really good, but the, those lower tier recruits are not as great or special as they may have been in the past or, uh, more developed. I think, as you said, with the explosion of huddle and all this tape, I think we're getting a more accurate reading with the, the recruiting ranks, um, than we probably did in the past. So it's kind of, it, that'll really hamper some things as well for you. Yeah, very few guys slip through the cracks now. Very, very few. Unless you're just super tiny and small and minuscule, you'll you'll get recruited. And if you're super tall, small, and tiny and minuscule, you'll go play Houston. Oh, I mean, really? That's that's got to be. I mean, in, in all seriousness, right? I mean. I, there's a pretty good chance, like like probably like 98% chance he doesn't even get interviewed. But if I'm Carmen Bell, my two things <laughs> that I put a stamp on, like, what's your resume? It's I want to tank Dell and I got you your only consensus all American since George Selfie. Yeah. That though that's it. That is my resume. I had Tank Dell committed, basically. But y'all thought he was too small. And the guy that the guy that thought he was too small, one of the guys who thought he was too small, is still on your staff. Yeah. So congratulations. Can, I, can we also say, you know, we <clears throat> I, I want to say this, but I'm also hesitant on saying, ah, fuck it, I'll say it. Um Jeff Scott did a really good job, and, and I know people are gonna take this the wrong way because they always do, of of rebuilding the culture within the locker room. Um, you know. To put it frankly, 2019, that bad situation in that locker room, and did a really good job of, of cleaning house and and you know cleaning up stuff there. And frankly, I think the next coach that needs to come in needs to do a, a nice clean house outside of the locker room in the nicest way possible. New ideas, maybe. Right. Yeah, just something something fresh. I mean, because the thing is, it, it's it's not necessarily like that. Things are, are are dire within the USF athletics building that's inside the Leroy Selman. They're putting a lot of really good things out there. The 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 master plan that they put together, great website, looks beautiful. All the plans that they're putting together is absolutely phenomenal. And I love everything. But there's there's some leaks and, the, and there's some really ugly floorboards that that I think a, a new football coach can have a really good influence on to, to fix. Um, you know, it, it's, that's, that's my next, that's, that's what I, again, I, I look at the stupid things. Like if he, if he wins, if he wins football games, great. I want him to do like three things and I can't say those three things, but you three know what three things I'm referring to. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I mean, I think we've thrown enough people under the bus. Let's uh if we make a Patreon, then maybe we'll get the airbud yeah. uh no. say what those three things that need to happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. We might, do, um, we might have to do the first ever football only fans. I mean Ooh, here we go. The the airbud tape was because of YouTube. YouTube just decided we weren't allowed to show it. Yeah. Show it here. That's ridiculous. That's I mean Film feet. criticism isn't allowed anymore, I guess. All right. Feet picks and USF film breakdowns all at our all in fans. one place. Check, check and, it out. And some questionable a human on dog contact and air bud. <laughs> golden golden <laughs> receiver. Oh my goodness. You, you get it all here at the Daily Stampede, folks. Um, I just, I felt like we kind of, I mean, I, I steered it in the direction I wanted to, but we kind of did gloss over. I mean, Jeff Scott for he was the right hire in 2019. Like I, I feel like that's probably the fair assessment. Like he was like one of the the pipe dream guys. Like oh, there's no way USF's going to get him or or Tony Elliott. And then they got him, and good lord, it crashed and burned spectacularly. And uh, wrote it in the post this evening about him being fired. He got hired during the and he got hired in December of 2019. And then the pandemic hit and then he just could never recover like some of the other coaches in that coaching cycle did, uh, namely, you know, Dave Aranda for you know other reasons. But good Lord. I, I think it. he came in a little naive, like the whole, um, you know, the whole I'm not going to watch any film from last year type stuff. Like you might want to know. I, and do I believe he didn't watch anything? No, but, you know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't. I don't know. Maybe he truly did. Yeah, like and that there, kind of stuff is. Uh, uh, yeah, like you know, I, I. It seemed like he was coming in trying to be really nice, and um, you know, it just. I, I think it kind of proves to me like this is not a job for if your skill is recruiting for powerhouses. That's like your number one skills. What you're known for is oh, you know, he's a great recruiter, like. Is this the job for you right now? I don't know about that. Like, I think it's got to be somebody that's coming in with a unique schematic kind of look. And I mean, if you look at, so Jeff Scott, before him, Chad Morris, Tony Elliott, Brett Venables, there, there's, I think Nick Simon brought this up first. Is there a referendum on uh, Dabo coaching tree here as well? Is there something there? Obviously, it's really early for the latter two, but. Just look at their all. Just look at their own offenses, like their own offense. Now that, uh, you know, now that all the studs are gone, right? It's not like Clemson's lighting the world on fire either, and they do recruit really well. It's just that, like, the scheme is sound, but it's the scheme that they're running at Clemson that USF ran a little bit here because it was some Charlie Weiss Jr. stuff, but it's it's like not like crazy advanced. But it helps when you get when, when you know when you have those great players that can win one on one matchups, and you're not like scheming people wide open. Mm-hmm. You're just winning. Like if you go back and watch the national championship they won against Alabama, they went like eleven to thirteen or something nuts on third down and blew out Alabama. It was kind of an aberration. But how many like just fifteen yard out routes where Lawrence thrown on a rope and a receiver was catching with the dude draped all over him? And it's like first down. What a call! It's like no, not really. Like no, you've got <laughs> you've got like first round quarterback throwing a first round receiver 
and he makes a catch of the dude draped all over him. So, but since Jeff Scott left, there's no the, the where are all the receivers at Clemson now? It's just well, very strange. It's, it's almost he's, like that he's entire the recruiter that that entire mold worked so well those few years there, and now everyone's yeah. out, and it's it's weird. It's a very strange. Yeah, I think he's a great recruiter, a great receivers coach. Like, <clears throat> just didn't work as a head coach. Um, and I don't, he's not like a crazy scheme guy to me, just watching, watching the teams and, but he's a good guy. He's a really good recruiter. I think he's going to be a hot commodity. Actually, I think there's going to be a lot of schools that want to bring him in if he wants to coach again, because he fits, you know, like Steak said, he kind of checked all the boxes coming in. And like Nate said, he checked all the boxes coming in. It's just that maybe, um, there was a misunderstanding of what's needed at this job. Right. You don't need a guy to come in and fight Florida and Florida State and Miami for recruits. It ain't happening. Not right now. Right. You need somebody to come in and lay a foundation. And then once they do that, then you then you can start fighting those guys for recruits. But like it's you gotta you gotta you gotta take your lumps early, I think. Yeah, it's, it's kind of saying in the chat, you know, Scott kind of relied on the older guys uh early on, probably to his detriment and uh, it kind of bring up Mike Houston. Uh, you're kind of right. It, he just let the he let the guys take their lumps, and uh, now they figured it out. ECU is uh heavily in contention of what they're six and three right now. Um, their offense seems to be kind of clicking. They've got two really talented wide receivers. Uh, Holt Naylor still has his flaws. Uh, they've got a pretty decent running running game. It's that's kind of what you're looking for. That's kind of the rebuild because ECU was down bad. What, down didn't Mike Houston bad. win a national championship or something in, in FCS? With James Madison, uh, yeah. James yeah, Mike Madison, Houston was yeah. a really good, had, had been a really good head coach before he got there. And that was a weird situation because he was going to take the Charlotte job, allegedly. And then yeah. um, once ECU opened, before the paperwork was dry, he uh, went that way. Um What's interesting about that is Holt Naylor's also has what, like two master's degrees and two doctorates? Is that? Yeah. I, I mean, I think really, it's a, the, like as crazy <laughs> as this all is, like, uh, you know, how if, if he just has a great quarterback when he comes in, how much is different? Like, it, it really can be somewhat that simple, too. But, you know, I, I think that was one of his biggest flaws. Is he never figured out quarterback until kind of this year. Um, and then it was too late, and then your quarterback got hurt. And the other obviously never figured out the defensive side of the ball. But oh, I wonder if that's a once. thing where like as an offensive guy, being an offensive guy your whole life, you know what you're looking for. When I watch a like when I watch a receiver's film, I can really quick, that's a dude that guy can play. When I watch a linebacker's film, I can kind of yeah, okay, I see, but I'm not like I when I was working with Jerry Odom, I'd throw in a film, I'd be like, Hey, this guy's pretty productive. What do you think? Recruiting him, a high school kid, really productive. Bunch of tackles. He watched two plays. He goes, "No, nah, he's not explosive enough," and it, that's all he needed to see. And I was like, "Oh, okay." I like it didn't take much, but so you know, maybe like maybe he that's they didn't recruit well on the defense side of the ball. Maybe you know, maybe they weren't re- looking for the right things, or they couldn't quite identify the talent on that side of the ball as well as they could on the offensive side of the ball because they recruited pretty well on offense. Yeah, they have. I mean, they've got really talented wide receivers. Um, the transfer portals kind of let him down at the white in the wide receiver room, but Xavier Weaver's kind of turned into a guy. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Horn was the the bell of the ball 
right? And you know, Brian Batiste's been really good. Kelly Joyner's been pretty good. Um, even Jeremy Ingham, when he was healthy last year. Oh, man, if... Uh, There's one no. higher that would cause me to just, like, hang it up. And I can't mention that name yet, but Scott Frost is not that guy. I, I'd be like, yeah, cool. Fuck it. Get, get crazy. Do it. I mean, he went he went 0 and 12 to six and seven, the, and then won a national championship or whatever, or came DC's close or whatever it was. Shenander, so. he's not bad, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Oregon, how about uh, Kenny Dillingham? How's he? How would you feel about him? He's another interesting name. I didn't put him on there because he's an um he has Arizona. I know he's got Arizona ties, and some people think he might be up for the Arizona State job, um, but. I mean, he's, yeah. he's done pretty well, I think. Um, but he's not another. He can get a better job. He doesn't have a ton of. Ex- yeah, I mean, they'll probably. <laughs> so there, there. I mean, there's rumor going around now. If you guys want to get into rumors that Auburn is looking at Dan Lanning. Oh, what? you're fucking kidding me. What? <laughs> that's a Twitter rumor. So, I mean, that's not like. Uh, and I've heard people. I've heard people mention his name when. Uh, when uh, the job first opened is like, hey, what about this? Well, that's a Twitter rumor, Dan Lanning. Uh, so, like, he could either be the OC at uh, Auburn or maybe the head coach at Oregon. Um, I will also shamelessly plug a friend of the blog. Uh, will Turner just released his hot board. Um, until the Daily Stampede releases their hot board, uh, Will Turner has the best hot board. We've already released ours. It was on the stream, Steve. Well, uh, the the or at least, or at least mine, rather. Yeah, the Seth Barnador is is the best uh, hot board of you know the the Seth Barnador oh. section. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we talk about OnlyFans and we uh, sign us up. New site with hot girls? Yes, please. <laughs> How about uh, we were looking for hot boards? Okay, not hot broads. <laughs> Jeez, right, ladies, we got enough loose. of them. Am I right? Am I right, <laughs> ladies? Um, as we kind of approach the hour mark uh there's really i mean any names on there steeg that stick out to you on wills um you don't want to say them uh mm, there's one that i do want to say uh app state's offensive coordinator uh kevin barbe uh i think would be kind of interesting uh it would be a weird power-ish move to kind of re reestablish a little bit, especially um, you know, how App State has been very consistent over the last couple of years. Um that was kind of a name that jumped out at me and I was like, ah, you know, that like the 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 Sun Belt and and American Athletic Conference is kind of in a uh in a flux of who's the you know the big dog in the uh in the street. Um but yeah he's an interesting name but I, I won't spill any of the other ones. Was it Central Michigan with McElwain before? Been in Florida, I think. Director of player development at Florida for McElwain. Yeah. Real like quick. If we're, high, if we're hiring FC, if we're hiring Sunbelt coordinators, I'd rather just have Willie Corn. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> but it's got that Clemson stink on it still. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, there's I, a lot of really interesting enough, I think on his own, I think. Right. Um, hey, real quick, just because I know you talked about this before, and this is not on um, Seth's uh, board. If you were able to get a Willie Simmons, so a established head coach at the FCS program, or a offensive coordinator from a FBS job, who would you prefer? Let's say 
either like Willie, let's say it's Willie Simmons or it's Alex Atkins. Which do you have a preference? Would you prefer one or the other? Um, Atkins. I, I think I would want Atkins. Um, but I mean, that's a pretty close one. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, what, like we mentioned at the top, uh, of this discussion, you know, what Alex has been able to do at Florida state, with Jordan Travis and that offense, I mean, they, they're, they're humming. They're freaking good. That offense is fun to watch. Jordan Travis is a legit dude. Um, and I mean, they, they easily, easily put up 45 yesterday, uh, against Miami. I mean, Miami's horrendous, but it, that was underdog to Georgia tech. I mean, they're, Down they're bad. pretty bad. They're real bad. Um, but that's a fun offense, but Willie Simmons, as we mentioned, man, it, the crap that he's had to go through it to his two previous stops. I mean, it'd be a cakewalk for him because of all the, the minutia of the, you know, behind the scenes stuff would already be taken care of for him. Uh, and it, having uh, the staff, the off-field staff kind of pulling in the right direction, the leadership all pulling in the right direction. It, it would seem like a pretty good, pretty good hire, pretty good spot. Um, Simmons I made think, the playoffs uh, for the first time at FAMU for the first time since 2001. Uh, has won nine games a couple times since he's been there. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I, I thought you were, I thought you were talking about him. I was just kind of looking through his bio. Yeah, uh, and then Kevin, Kevin, remember when Nathan said Bob she gave him slight Tom Allen vibes? He did. He's kind of insane, except um, Tom Allen was on the field as a defensive coordinator, and Bob Shoup, uh was in the press box. And yeah, your defense coordinator should never be in the press box. That's 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 the one rule. Um, and also, I mean, Bob Shoup had some other stuff going on that uh, was less desirable than Tom Allen. That's for sure. Uh, that. Just never, never figured it out. He was a decent defensive coordinator at his previous stops. Terrible here. I mean, Temple scored on every single possession yesterday. That was, (laughs) yeah, he'd been good. Like, uh, he also, like, I think he did a pretty good job picking and choosing before this year, uh, of jobs where he could go in with a ton of talent and win, besides Vanderbilt, where I think he kind of. Um, that helped him a lot in his mm-hmm. he won at Vanderbilt. Um, but like Mississippi State was at like three first round picks on defense <laughs> the year he came in. So like, man, Mississippi State, wow, they're really good. Like, yeah, they had like two NFL defensive linemen and NFL safety. That's helpful. First round <laughs> picks. So that is helpful. Yeah. Um, so I mean his his track record was good coming in, but not as good going out. No. Not as good going out at all, and uh, as we as we wrap this up, it we'll have another show on Tuesday. We'll do the film room on Wednesday. It's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting week, uh, just across the USF world uh, as we know it, as they prep for SMU in what six days. God bless them. Uh, I will give the team never quit. I mean, the defense kind of quit yesterday, but other outside outside of the defenses, uh, pretty poor showing yesterday. They they hung around and it, the locker room seemingly never splintered. Um, so that was uh, good to see. Um, but just quick recap: Jeff Scott fired, Bob Shoop fired, 
Michael Kelly is going to be looking for his second head coach in three years. Uh, can't mess this one up or Michael Kelly would not have a job anymore here at USF. You can't, you don't get to whiff on two head coaching hires at fo- in football. And then potentially worst case scenario, you've got to hire a men's basketball coach and maybe one or two Olympic, uh, Olympic sports. You, you, most athletic directors don't survive that. Um, but, but do VP of athletics do? No, also no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they, uh, it, he's got to nail this hire. He's got to take his time. He's got to figure it out and make sure the ducks in a row. Um, but the next coach should inherit a, a better locker room, depending on who stays, who goes. And there's a lot of talented guys at the top that can move up a level. I think if Xavier Weaver, uh, decides to leave, I think he could go up a level. Jimmy Horn obviously could go up a level. Brian Petit could go up a level. I think he proved that this season. There are a lot of guys that um, Yosef may be without next year due to the coaching change. But once again, what must be done eventually must be done immediately. And that was the case today. For Seth, Vito, Stieg, I'm Nathan Bond. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this emergency edition of the Bluminati podcast. Jeff Scott got fired. Uh, as always, I ish go Bulls. Go Bulls. Jeff Scott's a nice guy. Go Bulls. I love everyone. Go Bulls. And um, 